So we're talking about family this morning, uh, and, I, and I was just saying, I know that family can be uh, a tough subject, uh, and, and can really, <clears throat> um, people can be very sensitive, people are going through a lot, uh, and I understand that this morning, and I'm going to try and be <clears throat> as sensitive as I can. Now, the main way that I, I try to be sensitive is through humour, <clears throat> so... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about my week, which relates to family. Okay, and you might say, well, I don't know how that could relate to family. I went to America this week on my own uh, for work. Uh, we flew out uh, on Monday morning, and we got to uh, Houston, Texas, and they had a, a freeze. Um, and so I didn't actually get to go into the office. So I had to stay in the hotel because they, they shut the office. So I stayed in the hotel. Uh, I think it must have been <clears throat> the second night. Uh, my boss was so tired at about half past six that we both <laughs> decided to go to bed. <laughs> so we went back to our rooms and um, <clears throat> I just watched telly, you know. I just watched a bit of telly and I ordered room service. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, been to America, but... Um, I, I only ordered a starter and a side, okay, but it, it was enough to feed a small village. I ordered like chicken wings and it came in a big plate like this. The tray wasn't a normal size tray, it was a massive tray like that. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, I sat there eating all evening, uh, only ate about half of it. Um, and uh, I got ready for bed uh, and I remembered that uh, the, the, the woman who bought the food up said, well, when you're finished with it, just put it outside the door and I'll come and collect it. So I thought, oh, I'm ready for bed. I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll take it. So I picked the tray up and I carried the tray, opened the door, kicked the door open, went outside the door, put the tray down, clonk. <laughs> now I was ready for bed. I, I only sleep in my pants. So I was uh, on the eighth floor of the hotel, and I thought, right, door shut, open door. <laughs> door wouldn't open. <laughs> so I started to panic a little bit. <laughs> so I was walking up and down. I, right, let's try the door again. No, it's still locked. Try the door again. No, it's still locked. <laughs> uh, and so I, um, I thought, right, what can I do? I'm on the eighth floor. I could go down to my boss's room downstairs and I could knock on his door. And I thought, no, I'll never live that down because he'll just tell everybody in the office. So I thought, right, there's only one thing for it. I'm going to have to walk all the way down this 200 metre corridor, get in the lift, go down to the ground floor, and then I'm going to have to bowl across the restaurant through the through the reception to the reception desk and say, can I have a new key, please? <laughs> and, of course, I thought, there must be another way. There must be another way. I thought, maybe I could just hide. And I thought, oh, look, there's a really good little spot to hide. I could hide here. And no one would know. <laughs> uh, and I realised that all I would do is hide there all night and I'd still be in the same problem in the morning. So I thought, right, OK. Uh, so I thought, right, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to have to go for it. So I walked down the corridor. <clears throat> anyway, there was a, this full-length 
uh, mirror, which I walked past. <coughs> and do you know what I realized? I was wearing my Batman pants. <laughs> that my family had bought me. That's it. I haven't got anything more in that story to connect it to family apart from the fact that my family had bought me the Batman pants. Uh, now, I've got some quite serious things to talk about this morning, uh, and, and they might be hard to take. Okay, and, I, and if you're struggling... Sorry? Oh, you want to know what happened? I got to the lift, and I noticed there was a phone by the lift. So I picked the phone up, uh, and I said, "Ah." Oh, I'm, I've locked myself out of my room. Can someone bring me up a key? And I said, can you make sure it's a bloke, though, because I'm in my pants? <laughs> and the guy said, don't worry, I'll come myself. And he came up and uh, let me in my room. He couldn't keep the smile off his face. He, he was laughing. Okay. Well, if things get a little bit difficult when I talk about family this morning, well, you can just think about that story and have a little chuckle to yourself and hang in there, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or not think about it. It's up to you. Uh, okay, let's, let's get into it. This is what the Lord was saying to me uh, as I was sitting in my seat just now. Uh, and I want to share it with you. I don't know where it fits in my sermon, but I felt the Lord saying this. You are cut off from the guilt of your past mistakes. Amen? You are cut off. You are not the subject of blame. Jesus takes all the blame on himself for your past mistakes and the past mistakes you've made in your family. You are cut off from the guilt in Jesus' name. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that, does it? Sometimes those things weigh heavy. And I'm not saying there won't be consequences because of your mistakes. They may, well, they may well be, but you can live in the freedom of Christ. You do not have to carry a big burden. That is the beauty of Jesus Christ. What does he say? Take my yoke upon you. You know, it, it, we go around and we carry our family's woes on our back, don't we? Oh, it's tough. And uh, when I look around this room, I know there's a lot of people who have been through a lot harder things than I have. But you know what Jesus says? You're cut off from that guilt. That's not you anymore. Jesus says, I'll take that. That's for me to deal with. Amen? You're cut off in Jesus' name. All right, let's start. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about God the Father. When we're talking about family... We've got to understand that God is our Father. That's who He is. You might have an earthly father. Uh, he might be fantastic. He might have been absolutely useless. He might not really match up. But when you give your life to Christ, you are grafted in. That's what the Bible says. You are grafted in to the vine. And what that means is you've got a new family. You've got a father. God is your true father. Now, <clears throat> I know a lot of people might find that really tough. 
when I say father, that might not come draw up the right type of emotions in you. If your father wasn't a very good father, sometimes that's worse than not having a father at all. But God is your true father. And I just want to just state a few facts this morning about who God the Father is. God your Father is loving. His love for you is unshakable. It's unchangeable. You can't stop being his son. You cannot stop being his daughter. He never turns his face away from you. How amazing is that? How amazing is it to know that he's always going to be there for you? God is reliable. He doesn't change. That's what a real father is. The one who's always there. When he gets tough, he doesn't change. I'm going to get emotional. I'm sorry. I can't help it. But, but God is so wonderful and he's such a true father. And if you haven't experienced that in your life, God is here for you. And you can know that true father through him. God would rather die than let you down. That's, that's what a true father is like. He would, rather, he would rather go to the cross than let you down. A true father always tells the truth. Sometimes that's hard to listen to, isn't it? <laughs> we don't want to hear the truth. But a true father always tells us the truth in love. He never lies to us. And that's how we know he's reliable. He speaks truth into our lives. When, we've, when, when we start believing all sorts of lies and things like that, it's normally your father who says, that's a load of rubbish that is. You're not who they say you are. True fathers full of mercy, full of grace, full of forgiveness. He's the repairer of relationships. And if you've known a true father in your life, these, these things are registering with you. If you've not, then you, you can feel a little bit like, that's not my experience. But I, I want to tell you that if you accept Jesus into your life and you really get to know God, this is the person that you know. And he's available to you 24-7. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, I, I'm a dad, uh, uh, but I'm not available 24-7. <laughs> I tell you, I'm not available when I'm in America. I'm not available when I'm asleep. I'm not available in the mornings. <laughs> but God is. Amen? Let me share with you a couple of verses. Uh, 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And this is what we are. Our identity is in our, our, our father's family. And who is our father? Well, we know. Ephesians 1.5 God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. God loves you. You're not a... You're not a hardship for him. 
I just want you to know that. You're not a hardship for him. You're all right, you mess up from time. He loves you completely. You're not, you're not a sympathy project. You're, you're his love project. He loves you so much. Right, well, let's, let's talk about family, shall we? Let's talk about the Old Testament. When I think about family, I, I realize the Old Testament is just a bunch of stories about families. <laughs> Good families, bad families, mainly messed up families. Uh, and, and the point I, I really thought about is every single person's family has got mess in it. It's got heartache in it. It's got troubles. But that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you're not valuable to God. It doesn't mean that God hasn't got a plan for you. In fact, it's the opposite. God wants to work in your life. Uh, through your family situations, God is molding you into the man that he wants you to be. Amen? Let's have a little look at the Bible. Adam and Eve. Cain and Abel. First family. Well... Absolute heartache there. What a mess. What an absolute mess. Cain killed Abel. I'm sure that just reaped absolute havoc on the family. But they were the first family. We all come from them. We're all related to them. So if you think your family's great, well, you follow it far enough and you'll find a mess. <laughs> Noah. God stripped the whole world back to one family. And what we see is this pattern where God is saying, family is my plan. I'm going to do things through family. Moses. Well, he was, brought, he was brought up in a messed up family. How about that? Your carer is actually your mum. And your parents aren't actually your mum and dad. That was, there's just a bit of confusion going on. In, uh, you know, and, and if you want to talk about messed up families... Let's look at the men that God used. Moses. He was God's man, wasn't he? But he came from mess. Well, if you come from mess, that doesn't mean that you can't be God's man. Abraham. Abraham was God's man. Many sons had father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. Abraham was a, was a, was a, messed up his family completely, didn't he? He couldn't have a baby, so what did he do? He slept with his slave and had a, a baby, another baby on the side. I mean, his poor old wife, it was her idea. I want to talk about messed up families. <laughs> this is the Bible. Abraham, he was God's man mess and God's men go together like crackers and cheese <laughs> like cheese and wine <laughs> like cheesy socks <laughs> Joseph Joseph was God's man Joseph in his technicolor dream coat well, his family was a mess wasn't it his brothers chucked him down a well and then sold him off as a slave we talk about family issues I bet he had a couple. David. King David. 
a man after God's own heart. The one, the one who, who God loved. So can, he screwed it all up. He really did. I'm not going to go into all the details, but uh, he slept with somebody else's wife. Uh, and then to cover it up, um, he, he had her, her husband killed. But these, these, these guys are the best of us. These guys are the best of the human race. <laughs> God's men. Mess. Pain. Hurt. And I just another illustration of, of, of God, God's plan being families. God, God built a nation. What did he build it out of? Twelve families. Twelve tribes. They were the families. And, and we see that God's plan is... God's plan is for family. Um, God loves family. Uh, and I just want to just share with you my personal experience of family life is it brings out the most powerful feelings and emotions in you, probably that you will feel. And I want you to think about your life. Um, my most joyful memories and things that I cling on to dearly you know those stories that you tell loads and loads of times and everybody says, yeah, we've heard that one. You know, those, those stories about your family. And they weren't amazing stories, but it, for you, they were the moments of absolute joy. <laughs> you know? Your most painful times. Oh, the times you've been hurt the worst in your life. I bet there was some family in there. <laughs> The biggest stresses you've been through. The most fearful moments. They're all related around family, I bet. And your, your safety and your security growing up. A lot of the time it's found in family or not. You know? Uh, uh, and to me, it, it just seems that God has made this vehicle called family. And it's his vehicle for growing and learning, uh, for building, uh, for relationship, for responsibility, for love. It's his vehicle. Young and old together, learning from each other. Parents, grandparents. And, and you see... Um, in God's perfect plan, wow, family is so powerful. Uh, yet we, we live in a broken world, in absolute brokenness. And many of us have experienced brokenness in our families. And it absolutely wreaks havoc on your life and your heart. And you know it to be truer than me, probably. I've had a reasonably easy upbringing with, with a good mum and dad. Uh, and I, 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 I've come to the realization that God has blessed me <laughs> unbelievably. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this. If your family is a mess and you come from absolute brokenness, you are no less a son of God. You are not inferior to anybody because you come from a mess or from a bad background. 
You're not, not inferior to anybody. And don't you think you are? You are a son just like the next person. You are a son of God. And I just want to encourage you that. Um, <clears throat> that if you have been placed in a family that is a mess, you have been placed there for a reason. You didn't decide what family you got born into, did you? <laughs> you didn't decide that at all. You don't get to pick who your brother is. You don't get to pick who your sister is. Who decides that? God. <laughs> you don't get to pick your mum and dad. God does. Uh, and if you're born into mess, I, I want to encourage you this one thing. God has given you the strength to go through it. And if you're picking someone from a difficult task, if you're a, a team leader or a boss and you've got a load of tasks to give out and a load of people to give them to, your most difficult tasks you give to your most resilient people, to your strongest people. So if you are born into mess, it's because God has made you for greatness. Because God wants to raise you up and he wants to show his glory through your family situation. So don't feel inferior because you are not. All right. Let's have another little look. What is family? Well, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles to um, Matthew 12, 46. Let's see what Jesus says. Now let's have a look at Jesus for a start. Was Jesus born into a perfect family? Probably not. <laughs> Jesus had a stepdad and a real dad. That creates a bit of confusion, doesn't it? Uh, his family travelled from place to place. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure things weren't always great. He had brothers and sisters. Uh, and at times, his brothers didn't believe in him. They didn't have his back. Uh, and let's see, let's see how Jesus defines family. We'll pick up in verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mothers and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied this. He replied to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Or you might say, well, I haven't got family. Yes, you have. <laughs> uh, everybody in this room is your family. We all have the same father. That's a good start. And that's what it says here. My brothers, my sisters, my mothers. In Christ you have a massive family. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I have people here in this room who are, are, are my family. I have a connection with them on a spiritual level that is much deeper than, than 
any friendships that I have. Uh, and I want you to just understand that. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. You have aunties and uncles in Christ. Uh, in fact, uh, when, I, when I went to, uh, I went to um, Church of England growing up, St. Mildred's in Lee I went to, um, and uh, they used to do this thing where everybody uh, would get up and shake hands uh, and say, um, the peace of God be with you. I think it was called the peace of God or something like that. Someone will remember it a little bit better than me. And you went round uh, and you shook hands with as many people as you can uh, and, and you loved them and, uh, and it was great. And then we were family. Uh, and, but as a 10-year-old, you're like, oh, I don't want to shake hands with this person, but I don't want to shake hands with that weirdo over there. Um, but we are family and we're all weirdos really, aren't we? <laughs> and I thought it'd be nice to do that right now. So what I want you to do is when you go around and shake hands with as many people as you can in one minute uh, and say something nice to them. Okay? Can we do that? We're family. Come on. <laughs> All right. Ready? Steady? Go. <laughs> Maybe go and find someone you don't normally chat to and just say, may the peace of God be with you. And just... Oh. <laughs> Sister in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Am I? Oh. Six. Ooh. Seven. Amen. Eight. <laughs> All right, guys, that's enough love. That's enough love. Come on. <laughs> okay, how about this? Uh, let's get back into it. Family life can be an absolute mess, it can be so tough at times. And uh, it cannot go the way we want it to go. How many people have uh, had family life not go the way they want it to go? <laughs> Any parent will put their hand up, won't they? <laughs> Everybody. It's tough, isn't it? Things happen. And do you know what? It can lead us to become very frustrated. Um, we can blame family for things, can't we? We can, uh, we can blame God for family. <laughs> uh, it can lead us to all sorts of things. Oh, we can overthink about family so much and we can just keep thinking about it and we can end up in absolute depression. It's real. This stuff's real. You get angry. <laughs> you get angry about family situations. I get so angry. You know, our lack of faith that God is going to able to work in our family uh, can, can paralyze us to a point where we say, what's the point? What's the point? Just let it happen. I'm not going to do anything. 
Or we can do this. We can start to manipulate the situation. Things aren't, my kids aren't doing what I want them to do. Well, I'm going to manipulate it. Or my brother is a wally. I'm going to manipulate the situation to get him to do the right thing. And, and it's tough, isn't it? Because you love people so much. You just want the, what, them to do the right thing and they don't do it. And it winds you up. <laughs> uh, and I, I just want to tell you a little story um, from my own life. Uh, I, I, what I really realized, my purpose is in the family. The church family, my personal family, in other people's families. I have a role to play. Uh, <clears throat> now, after me and Gemma got married, I mean, we got married, I was 21, Gemma was 22, but I was probably about 15, I was such a wally, you know. Um, uh, uh, we got married and, and, uh, and we began to struggle. We struggled, we'd never lived together. We never lived on our own, apart from when I lived in the church. And uh, Gemma did all my cleaning and my mum did all my washing. You know, we, 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 you know, and we started to struggle. And we really struggled to the point where things are really tough for us. And particularly for Gemma, she was really struggling. And she, she didn't find any friendship at church anymore. She felt let down. And, and, and she said, I'm not going to church anymore. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, come on, this is ridiculous," you know. And uh, and I I wanted her to go to church a lot, and um, so I tried everything. <laughs> uh, I tried telling her, "You are coming to church." Do you think that worked? <laughs> well, if you know Gemma, you know that she wouldn't have even batted an eyelid. <laughs> I tried. Oh, please come to church. That didn't work either. <laughs> I tried the emotional blackmail. I tried the manipulation. I tried the, like, you know. <laughs> I didn't try the Batman pants. Um, <clears throat> I tried everything. And none of it worked. None of it worked. And I got so frustrated and I got so angry with her. Because she wouldn't do what I wanted her to do. <laughs> Uh, and do you know what I ended up, I got so angry and so annoyed, do you know what I ended up doing? Praying. <laughs> I should have done that at the start, shouldn't I? Uh, and, and I started to realise that Gemma's outward life was a reflection of my inward life. Uh, and uh, I was not pouring anything good into my family. It was only me and Gemma, we were family. And I was not pouring any of God's life into it. And so I started praying, and I prayed for her every day. And I started to try and love her. Uh, even though she, she wasn't ready to receive it to begin with, and I wasn't very good at loving her, I started to try. And do and, and you know what? God did it. God opened things up. And we ended up coming to this church. <laughs> uh, woo. You know, but we turned up in a mess, really. Um, <clears throat> But yet the thing that I realize is no amount of trying hard will bring people to Jesus. No amount of trying hard will fix your family situations. It won't. But Jesus will fix them. Uh, and, and if Jesus is living in you, your task isn't to, to 
um, try and fix everything yourself, but it's to pour out Jesus into your family situation. Just pour it out. Don't worry about whether it works or not. That's not down to you. You're set free from guilt. You're set free from the, the results of your family life. Your task is to pour out Jesus into your family. That healing um, balm, as the Bible calls it, that oil of love, pour it out into your family and see your family change. Your family life won't change by, by trying hard, by making rules, by shouting. I mean, if family life would change through shouting, my family would be the best family in the world. <laughs> your task is to pour out Jesus and watch people melt. It, it works. I mean, they might not melt at first. In fact, they might get angry with you at first. But keep going. Keep showing Jesus. That's your challenge. Your challenge isn't to fix it. Your challenge is to show Jesus. Maybe, it's with, maybe you haven't got a wife or, 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 or uh, kids or anything like that. That's all right. Maybe it's your mum and dad that need to be loved. <laughs> maybe it's your, your brothers and sisters who just need to see God's love. They just need to hear God's word spoken by someone who loves him. That's your job. That's your challenge. That's your task. God has put you in your family for a reason. And, and they might go, be going for absolute hell and high water. But you're in there. That means Jesus is in there. Amen? Uh, and God's power, we're talking about power this morning. God's power is in you to change your family just through pouring out God's love. And sometimes it's pouring out God's discipline. If you've got kids. Sometimes it's saying no in a loving way. Uh, I just want to encourage you. That, that worked for me. Nothing else did. <laughs> How am I doing, Miriam? Oh, I might have to start the second quarter. No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is, is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today, oh, sorry. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. I think that's for Terry, that. Is he? <laughs> bind it on your forehead. <laughs> Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. I just want to encourage you how family works. Uh, everybody in your family is learning all of the time. Okay? Everybody in your family is learning all of the time. What lessons are they learning? Well, it depends on your situations. <clears throat> but let, let's read this verse and see if it makes a little bit more sense. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you, you also should, should wash one another's feet. So what, what, what Jesus is saying is, you learn from example.
You don't learn through just words. You know, if your parents say, don't drink, but they drink, what do you think? You ain't going to listen, are you? <laughs> you learn through example. Uh, and I want you to see every situation as an opportunity to teach. And you can teach your parents too. Every opportunity, oh, sorry, every situation is an opportunity. My kids are absolutely kicking off this morning. What a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that, does it? <laughs> I've just lost my job. What an embarrassment. No, what, what an opportunity to teach in your family. What are you going to teach about? You're going to teach about pride and cover it up? You're going to teach about humility? You're going to teach about resilience? You're going to teach about trusting in the Lord? It's not what you say, it's what you do. about arguments <laughs> uh, do you know what sometimes I listen to my kids uh, and they argue just like me and Gemma argue and I hate it because I think oh, I can just see us there you know Arwen will say right do what you, you and you, you need to do what I'm doing and they'll say nah, 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 nah. and Arwen will be like oh fine I'll do it myself then <sighs> and I know who that is <laughs> uh, and I just want to encourage you you know when you have an argument at home it's an opportunity to show your kids how we work through our differences <laughs> it's an opportunity to show your kids what forgiveness looks like it's an opportunity to show your kids what grace looks like opportunities that's, my, that's one of my boss's phrases We'll have an issue at work. And he'll say, no, no, opportunity. And I'll think, oh, please. But it is, it's opportunity. You have an opportunity to pour out Jesus into your family. And if, if you take one thing away from today, I'll take, please take that away. Um, <clears throat> one, of the, one, of, one of my, probably one of my most prou proudest moments happened by accident. Um, I remember talking to my brother, uh, and he said to me, he said this, he said, one of the reasons that I, I, I decided to go for Jesus was because of you. And I said, what? I didn't do anything. And he said, no, but when you became a Christian, you changed. And you were lovely. <laughs> he said, you were, really, you were really happy and joyful on the inside. And I wanted some of that. I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't try and say, Richard, you must become a Christian. I didn't even think about it. I was just filled with Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, what you're doing subconsciously is teaching in your family. Uh, and, and just your challenge is to stay connected to Jesus. Your challenge is to, to, to know him closer each day. And as you do, you're pouring out that that wonderful oil of healing on your family, that, that, that wonderful pouring out of Jesus' Holy Spirit. That is what will change your family day by day. Right. We're done. Jesus loves you so much. He loves your family so much. 
Jesus loves the broken people so much. And if there's brokenness in your family, I, I want you to, to join with me in prayer. I want you to lift up those ones who um, you know are struggling. Those ones that you know need Jesus more than anything in your family situations. Um, I just want you to, uh, us to, to stand together. Uh, maybe, maybe we could have a song. Uh, and as we do, just pray for them. Uh, and we can all pray together. We can, we can um, just um, go to the Lord on their behalf. Uh, I want you to put your hand up if there's people in your, in your family that you really want to pray for.